Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! Bow, bow, nay, bow, bow, bow. This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast, the greatest podcast in the entire world that you'll ever <laughs> that you'll ever hear. Uh, my name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether, is Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Go give us a five star rating and review on iTunes. Because that would be great. Don't be a stupid ass Bocephus and give us a one star. Because that guy's an idiot, and you don't want to be an idiot. Mm-hmm. Well, some of you might, it's true. but most of you don't want to be an eh, idiot. I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> so we got one today. We got our fearless beer review that we're going to start with, and we have our vinyl talk or vinyls, vinyl, vinyls, vinyl talk that lead that bleeds into our songs of the week, and then we're going to end it. We're going to round it out with some new music uh, that has been released over this last week. And then the main episode where we get into the Buck Owens record. I've got a tiger by the tail. But let's just start with our fearless beer review. Now, Jeff, what do you got? Go. I, uh, I, got, I got a beer from Bombastic. Wow. I, I got a beer from Ooh. Bombastic Brewing Company. It's, uh, the beer is called Shiver. And it is, in fact, a coffee stout. You probably could have guessed. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's 10.5%. And I've had a couple of their beers before, and they've been pretty pretty good, pretty loaded. One I had was like 14.5%, and it really, really screwed me up. So uh, <laughs> this, one, this one looks good. It got pretty good reviews. Um, they're from Hayden, Idaho. And I always forget how long Idaho is, that little part that shoots up, right? Oh, yes. Because... All the way to Canada. Yeah, because this brewery is like less than two hours from Canada. It's 20 minutes to Washington, like an hour and a half to Montana. It's just... It's, I always forget that little sliver of Idaho. And it would be cool to live in that little yeah. sliver. I think that would be fun. So close to everything. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's like Twin, twin Peaks. It's like 20s. 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 Yeah, that's what I got. That's good. It's made with uh, Thomas good. Hammer coffee, which is, I guess, a, a, a roaster in, in the kind of the Pacific Northwest area. Mostly Washington, Spokane, close to Idaho stuff. I don't know. You know, whatever. Nice, well, whatever. nice, nice, nice. Where did you get this at? This was the grocery. This store? was on Taver. Oh, yeah, okay. This was on Taver. Their their website's kind of mm, like meh. Mm. Nah, like Bombastic needs to work on the website a little bit because there's just like no info. There's a map of where their brewery is, but there's like no address. There's no number. There's no about us. There's no meet the brewers. There's like nothing. It's, it's just like, hey, we're you can only order online now and pick it up, and like that is it. Maybe because it's like a brand new brewery. I mean, I had one of their beers almost a year ago. Well, I guess it's not that new. And a year's okay. a, pl- a year's plenty of time to upgrade your your website there. 
That's true. Go to Squarespace, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I hear about that a lot. (laughs) Website from all of the. uh, (laughs) Yeah, from all the podcasts. They always advertise on podcasts. It's always Squarespace, huh? It's always fucking that, that stupid website. Yeah, that's what I got. All right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I got a I got a fairly local beer uh, from Common Space Brewery. Uh, Common Space Ooh. Brewery out in uh, out in L.A. From what it looks like, I picked up this can from uh, Mr. K's local Mr. K's liquor store because he has the best selection. So go check it out if you're in the Orange County area. Mr. K's liquor uh, right off the 57 freeway on Orange Thorpe. So go go do that. Uh, but the beer I got is called Space Trees IPA of the Future, and uh, yeah, I got it because of the label. That's that's why I got it. It's a cool label, and it's uh it's an IPA. Obviously, it's seven point five percent, and uh, yeah, that's what I got. Space Trees, the IPA <laughs> of the future. Those are the cryo hopped experiments of the brewery Common Space. The mission to explore strange new hop products to seek out dry hopping and alpha acid extraction methodology to boldly brew an IPA that no one has brewed before. So there you go. That's Dang, what it that's, says on the label. But bold. That's uh, that's, that's a big statement there. To boldly brew yeah. an IPA no one's done before. Because, I mean, essentially all IPAs are exactly the same, right? Right? For right? the most part. For the, like 95% of them. Yes. Correct. <laughs> that so is a correct better thing. be good. I mean, I I hope my mind is blown. I hope, you know, my life has changed from this. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. So you ready to open this one up? Yes, sir. Okay. Oh, there it is. Oh, that was that's a loud crack. Ooh, pouring this one. Glug, 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 glug. I got to explain what I'm doing because it's dead air. Did air, did air. Oh, and uh, on Beer Advocate, our boy Raul did not leave a review on this one. So, sorry to all you folks out there who love Raul's uh, fine reviews as much as we do, but he has not reviewed this. We can always tell jokes while there's dead could, air. But, but I, but I'm good. I mean, if you got any jokes, throw them out there. Why? Um, what did the Pink Panther say when he stepped on an ant? What did he say? Dead ant. Oh my god. That's really stupid. <laughs> Did you know that one? No, I've never heard that one. Never ever heard that one. That was good though. I applaud you. I applaud you for that one. Yeah, you know, I got jokes. Yes, I do. I got jokes. How about you? I do not. So let's uh let's let's drink this. We ready? I am. Okay, here we go. That what on the me. fuck is this? I've never had an IPA like this. Whoa. So that did boldly go where no IPA has gone before. I seriously have never had an IPA like this. What is uh what is what is what is the what is the catch here? What is what's going on? What, I don't know. I don't know. It's like um it's like an orange lime taste. Ew. Like the 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 closest thing I can compare it to which is really weird because we were talking about this earlier in our group chat, is the Ecto Cooler uh, juice box or fruit drink. That's kind of what this tastes like. 
that's weird. Okay. But I've seriously never tasted anything like any beer like this. Not to say it's necessarily like amazing, but no, that's that's weird because it's like it's not really hoppy at all. It's more of it's more juicy than anything else. Wow. Like none of those things sounded appetizing to me whatsoever in an IPA. But you you like the ecto cooler, right? Well, dude, who doesn't like the ecto cooler? Yeah, exactly. But that's what this kind. This is this is what that kind of tastes like. I'm <laughs> color me impressed, as some might say. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. What, what do you got? What do you got for your beer? What, what are you gonna What do you gotta say? No, it doesn't even matter. I'm not that impressed with it. It's good, but I'm not colored. <laughs> 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 Just color me. I think it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's good. Right. A lot of people were saying they like doubled down on the coffee in this, and and I was, you were going to get a big, huge coffee taste. And I just, I mean, there, it's there definitely. Um, it's not like a huge coffee taste, but it's fine. It's a little, it's a little light in the mouthfeel department. But um, okay. no, it's good. It's solid. Ten and a half percent. What can you do? It's a pint. Yeah, you're, you're gonna you're gonna be on the floor. Oh yeah! After that one, <laughs> just kidding. So we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're gonna continue to drink, one's a bad beer but you should give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. Now, Jeff, what are you gonna rate your your disgusting stout? Uh, two point two five right now. I think that's fine. That's fair. So okay. far, I don't I don't think anything. Um, I think it's good. What do you want for me? Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know what I want. I guess not. <laughs> With my beer, I'm going to give this just a two. I think it's good, but I don't, I don't get it. Like, why does it taste so different? Like, this taste is like, like fucking me up. It's weird. It's a really, really weird taste. <laughs> Dude, I want, I, I can't, I, I can't try fucking it so explain bad it. bad now. I can't, I can't explain it. It's just because I can't tell if I like it or if it's good. But it, it it is good, but I don't know. I feel like I'm getting like vanilla flavor as I drink a little bit more of it. It's bizarre. It's fucking weird. But yeah, okay, yeah. So so my 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 space cheese. I'm gonna give it a solid two out of three because I, I just don't know how to feel about it. It was called space cheese. Space trees. Oh, trees. E R E S. Yeah, space trees by Common Space Brewery. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird label too, but that's why I bought it because I'm a sucker for for pictures. I'm a child. Yeah, aren't we all? All right. Though? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, we ready to move on from our fearless beer review to the next the next part of the the pod? Yeah. Okay. So now we got to the point of the show because Jeff and I are wildly addicted to uh, collecting vinyl, and so now we've decided to to change the pot a little bit and talk about that. And that leads into our song of the week. So uh, let's start with you. What have you uh, picked up this, this week? What do you got? Uh, well, uh, hold on a second. Hold on one second. One second. One second. One second. One second. Okay. 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 All right. So okay, okay. I picked up so I, I con- I'm constantly picking up a lot of stuff and I have such a backlog of vinyls that I, that I just don't, I can't get, there's only so many hours. I listen to a lot of fucking records too. Like we're talking like 20, 30 records a week. 
it's 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 insane how, like how much I don't do anything else. I just listen to this. Like everything I watch on TV is just on mute because all I do is listen to fucking records. Yeah. Uh, with that said, one day, I guess I guess I'll just go through like the big things here. One yeah, day, yes, course. yesterday or the day before, I I listened to nothing but just like country. All the country albums that I had, I tried to get through. I didn't even get through. I still have like fucking seven to ten left. And I listened to nine different ones. So one day was all country. And I also have a, a Buck Owens album that's not the, our album of the week. It's, it's Together Again. I listened to that one. George Jones, Hank Snow, Chris Christofferson. You might remember okay. him. Um, he sings a song called uh, Sunday Morning. What the fuck? Me first in the Gimme Gimme. He did a cover of it. No doubt did a cover of it. No, me first did. Oh, I you're know, saying kidding. Sunday morning. Okay, I got it. Yeah, you. I was, was trying to be funny, yeah, but it wasn't apparently that funny. it just That's wasn't funny. Now. I'm sorry. I apologize. Continue I think it's called joke. Sunday Morning Coming Down. He did. He has a bunch of other songs, but damn, his first two albums I have on vinyl somehow, and they are fantastic. He is so damn good. So I'm going to look out for more of his stuff. Um, Merle Haggard, I got I got one of his vinyls, and he, he's doing songs that were originally done by Jimmy Rogers, who was the original like, singing yodeling cowboy. Mm-hmm. Died very early in his career. So Merle Haggard is doing only Jimmy Rogers songs. But it's kind of cool because it's a double LP set. And he's also telling the story of Jimmy Rogers as he's singing. Not as he's, but like in between tracks, there'll be a, a spoken word. And he'll tell you a little bit more about Jimmy Rogers' life and how he died and the influence he had. And this is, it's, a, it's fucking great. It's so good. Is it and, a live record? No. Nope. Hmm. Okay. And just like this era of country, I think is just... I just don't understand what happened, where where <laughs> things went wrong. I just don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it, and it irritates me. It makes me really sad. Yeah. Um. So I also got my CCR box set. Oh yeah. I, I I got that like Monday or Tuesday, and and this is this was my most expensive one I've bought thus far. So I was a little weary about even pulling the trigger on it, but. All the other ones on online were like going for like a hundred, hundred and ten bucks, but that was sealed. This guy had it opened, and he was selling it for seventy bucks. And so I, I thought like, damn, this is like forty dollars cheaper than everybody else. Like, what's going on? And he said mm-hmm. that he just took all, he took the discs out to to rip them onto his onto a computer, and then that was it. And so I asked him me pictures, and everything went fine, dude. And he he sent it over, and he even put all the records in a plastic sleeve and then the sleeve and another plastic sleeve and everything's just well taken care of and the little silica packets were still in there and dude it was i'm just i was i was over the moon when i got this thing i felt like a kid (laughs) in a candy store it was like christmas day walking opening this thing up and looking through it i absolutely love this thing i think it's so rad i even listen to the albums i just open it up and look at everything put my little grubby fingers all over everything I think it's absolutely amazing. Come with two posters that I'm still on the fence about whether or not I should keep them rolled up into the into the tube that they came in, or if I should actually frame them and hang them up. I don't know what I'm gonna do. But framing I, could be kind of cool. I absolutely love this thing. I'm 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 so happy that I bought this. I'm sorry I pulled the trigger on this one. I should say. <laughs> Listen to a lot of yes. Wow. A lot of yes. I now have like nine albums by yes. I'm just absolutely. I've color me obsessed. Color, color me obsessed, obsessed, if that's a color. <laughs> I, it is. This, this it band is. is unbelievable. They are incredible. This one, this one album they have is called Tales from the Topographic Ocean. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a double LP, but it's only four songs. So each Jeez side is Christ. only one song, like 20 <laughs> minutes long. <laughs> and it's, it's a conceptual, there's like, there's a theme. And I, one day I would like to get into it more, but each, each side kind of coincides with that theme. And it's just, it's absolutely fantastic. They, they are, I don't know a whole lot about the prog scene and I haven't got into the King Crimson stuff yet even though mm-hmm. I have a lot of your King Crimson albums here, which I will listen to. But as of right now, Yes is the best prog rock band of all time. Boom. There you go, man. I've always felt like King Crimson, I mean, I've always felt that Yes have always had like too much synth for me to get behind. Or maybe I'm lot. just crazy. No, okay, there's a lot. So there's there's a, lot. a lot, okay. Yeah. I there's, think that, that, might be the, that might be the thing that's kind of turned me off to them. But I'm, not, I'm not much of a synth man. There's 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 a there's a there's a lot of synth and there's a lot of high vox. So if you're not into the into the, the I could do high vox. Come on, man! I love the Mars Volta. The pop punk high vox. Then <laughs> they may I turn could, away. Yeah, high, high vox is fine. High vox is fine. And then yesterday, I got a bunch of vinyl from a friend of ours. I um, went to a pool party and he had a bunch of vinyl in the closet. So I was looking through them and I found something that I've been looking for for a while. And I've seen it in stores, but. Like we're talking upwards of like eighty dollars for this this pressing, and that Richie Valens his 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 debut posthumously released album that's got all the bangers on it, dude. It's Donna, La Bamba, like everything you want from Richie Valens is on this. And my new obsession with Richie Valens came when I saw La Bamba again in the theaters for like the five dollar night or whatever it was. Mm. And this yeah. was like last year. And ever since then, I just uh, dude, he's he's his music is absolutely amazing. He died when he was seventeen. Like to think That's that crazy. to think that his like rise and fall, I guess, well not uh, literally kind of his rise and fall <laughs> happened in like a year. Yeah, it is absolutely it's unbelievable. So I got I got Richie Valens and I was super stoked about that. It's a little crackly, but um, you know it's it's cheap and. It's old. Whatever. I mean, so what are you gonna do? It's better than it's right? better than not having it, right? Yeah, it's the way I look at it. Yes, exactly. And, I, and I've already listened to it twice, so I don't listen to a lot of vinyls twice. I usually listen to them once and then file them away, and then move on to the next one. But I've already listened to that one twice just because I could not, I could not get file enough of it. File them away. <laughs> Got to file them away, baby. I'm so meticulous and so weird about the like the way I file things and. I don't like people touching them that much anymore. Like at first I thought like, Oh yeah, dude, like I want people to come over and look at my vinyl. Now I just think like, no, nah, I don't want, I don't want anybody to come look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking weird. Becoming a true obsession and addiction. And wow. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Th- I love it. It's weird too. Cause, cause the next thing I got last week, I talked about no one special. There was the, the punk band from this area. Well, the, 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 the drummer of that, of that band from the late eighties came over and um, we kind of jammed a little bit. He hadn't played drums in 30 years. So it was kind of, it was kind of fun, but he was here for like seven hours. And all we did was just talk about music and stuff. And he eventually went up to the music room and they're flipping through vinyl and stuff and just commenting on different things. And I, like I clearly have a higher tolerance. I say I have a higher tolerance for shit as far as music goes. Cause they're more in like the <laughs> punk and metal realm. And so when they're yeah. looking at everything else that I kind of have, it's it, they could care less. Yeah. But jumping on my drum set that I bought new like a year or two ago, I have no problem with somebody doing that and banging around, but don't touch my vinyl. 
especially me because I hit those fucking things so hard. Dude, and it's like every time I every yeah, like it hurts. <laughs> fucking, I don't even know, dude. I don't even know. So yeah, <laughs> a lot of grand funk again. I th- I that's like my second new obsessive obsessive band that I'm obsessed band. with. Obsession, mm-hmm. obsessive. I don't know. Uh, I I'm also kind of big into like the live albums. I'm I'm liking more and more live stuff, but I'm still trying to find a live album that is from one concert with no overdubs. No overdubs. I want nothing. I want just I want pure band, and I want it from the same concert because a lot I of I don't I'll, think that exists. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of irritating. Yeah, and, I don't. What about what about like the the famous Kiss record, the Kiss Live? No, that's that also like I think that one had a so I did listen to that one this week too, which I think is a oh. fantastic live album. What? <laughs> oh, it's so good, dude! Like Kiss. What the fuck? I've I've never I've never thought Kiss were great, but I've also never gave them a real chance because I think Rock and Roll All Night is 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 fine. It's okay. It's fun yeah. for the hook. It's okay at best. But like what makes Kiss Kiss is their energies, is is their their persona on stage. And that's what Alive really kind of like conveyed. And and it, it I I felt like I was excited to be at a KISS show because of the energy. And it was just like nonstop screaming during the songs and the banter was just they turned it up to eleven. Like they were they were they they were spinal tap, dude. They turned it up to eleven. It was Where did you get this record from? One of uh, the bin, the fifty dollar bin that Sloan bought. It was in there. Oh, damn, dude! I didn't even know you got that. I didn't even know you listened to it, dude. I, you didn't say anything about it because I have. I'm not even gonna go over everything, but I have so many here. <laughs> I listen to so much fucking violence. But, but normally, you you text me and say, "Oh, I did this so good. You should buy it, or you got to check it out." Well, because I really want to tell me talk, anything about Kiss. Well, because I, I really want to talk about this one was was UFO, the band UFO. Oh God! And and we had listened to the guitarist. His name is Mike Schenker, and Sloan had yeah. his one of his solo albums, and it was just really like eighties metal, winky. It was whatever, but that, that, like the guitar parts were really good. I could tell he was a good guitarist. But then come to find out, he's in the band UFO. Like I didn't know. I don't know nothing about UFO anyway. And he was also kind of an early member of the Scorpions, for whatever that's worth. But damn, this live UFO album was was unbelievable. And talk about how I say I want one from one show with little to no overdubs. This is probably the closest that I've come thus far. Like the guy specifically, Mike Schenker, said that he wanted zero overdubs for this. The only reason why he agreed to do the live one is because he wanted zero overdubs because he wants the listener to know exactly what it's like to be at one of their shows. And it was oh, okay. so fucking good. Like, he is so amazing. This entire, it was a double LP again, and it was absolutely unbelievable. It was so cool. I had a good time. I'm I'm interested in this now, too. Oh, my God. I want to listen to all this shit. And then I got a bunch of Jeff Beck stuff. I, I think I have four Beck albums. I have four Clapton, four Beck albums. And... I've listened to two of each thus far. And? and what's I, the verdict? I, I like Beck better, man. I do. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, think, right. I think Clapton is more, is, is more technically sound. I, I think he has a warmer 
type of sound. It, everything kind of just, everything's fine. You can sit by the campfire and listen to Clapton just as easy as you can go see Clapton live and be really fucking drunk. But Jeff Beck <laughs> just has this energy to him that is just, it's unbelievable. And it, it goes into his guitar. Almost almost like what you hoped Yngwie Malmsteen would do. <laughs> He's that winky? Like, I, I've heard he, some he, Jeff Beck, but I'm not, like, I've never heard it to the point where I thought, like, he's too winky. So, specifically, the album I'm in question is Wired. It's it's one of his, pers- not like the Jeff Beck group or band, but, like, his personal solo stuff. It's, like, his second album or something like that. And it's not as crazy mm-hmm. and, and intricate as, as Yngwie is. But, but yeah, he do, he, gets, he definitely gets pretty winky sometimes. But it's still, like, he's mm-hmm. got a really good drummer behind him. The bass player is constantly noodling. And it's it's just good. It's just it just sounds like a bunch of guys having a fucking blast. It's so rad. That's cool. I've never That's even really listened cool. to Jeff Beck, I and mean, I never even like got into him. I, you know, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you want me to do? So, thinking back to the live records, there is a live record that I know exists that is from one concert oh, with zero overdubs. Fucking corn. But I know you would never listen to it. Is it corn? That's no, it's Wednesday thirteen. Oh, he d- he did a live record back in like two thousand eight or two thousand nine, and they had, he had paid all the money to do this. He did like a a very intimate show. He had set up a very intimate show, and then he came down with a flu like two days before that, so his voice was like completely. It was almost like completely shot by the time the performance came. But he's like, you know, at this point, I would lose a shit ton of money, and you know, just just get, let's give the fans like a show. So like he stepped it up and like he really put on like a show like 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 a it was more of like a performance rather than like a vocal thing like he still sang but it was more about the energy of the of everybody and the band and then he released it and they called it fuck it we'll do it live and they released it with his fucked up vocals and everything completely untouched and then they released a DVD along with it but I don't think it's ever been released on vinyl it's only ever been on CD and um, and a DVD of it. Interesting. That's the that like thinking through everything. That's the only one I could think of that is completely unaltered. What and it doesn't sound that great. But what year did that come out? Because is is that is that in reference to the Bill O'Reilly? Fuck it. I think I think the Bill O'Reilly was like early two thousands, if I'm not mistaken. But the Wednesday Thirteen one was I think two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Something around that time. It was late two (laughs) thousands. Good times. Yeah, but it's not so on Spotify cool. either. I, I think he's embarrassed by it. But okay, I, I should I should rephrase my my statement then. I would like to hear in in a, a non dubbed one concert good live album. <laughs> You're there. such an asshole. There. Oh, Is that better for you? Also, what about um, what about the um like the unplugged stuff? Those are pretty unaltered, as far as I know. There's no overdubs, as far as I know. I don't know. I I don't I don't know too much about the unplugged. I've only listened to two, and they're both pretty different: the Nirvana and the and the Dashboard. So, I don't know too much about what they do during the unplugged sessions. I imagine they're they're pretty. They're, I, I imagine there are no overdubs. There's no way that MTV is is going to allow these artists and allow these producers and engineers not to overdub stuff to sell more records. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You never know. No, it's true. You never oh, know. Oh, actually, I do know another concert that was completely unaltered, and it was by it was from Corn. 
it was their record release show for issues when they were when they played at the Apollo in New York and they were the first white people mm. the first white people to ever play at the Apollo and they streamed it live on the internet back in nineteen ninety nine when the internet was like in its infancy. So they, they streamed out on the internet and also like in like on like some pay per view T V or something like that. But they, they they did it completely unaltered, the no overdubs. They even talked about that post the post performance. I could see that. I could I could see a band like that doing it because they're that good and they're that innovative and great. Well, I mean, so just if we're going off, off the Apollo stuff too, I've also since I've I've had this newfound live vinyls obsession. Um, James Brown live at the Apollo is supposed to be like top five best ones of all time too. So keep keep an eye out for that one. Okay, I will. When you're out searching. I was looking for James Brown today, actually, but I didn't come across anything. You probably won't, yeah. I, especially like in your area. I, I feel like it would get scooped up really quick. Yeah, I imagine I imagine it would. It seems like all these big bands get scooped up so fast. So when I do come across one, I get so excited. You got to buy them. No, I, I normally do. But you have to. I'm never going to see him again. Bought a good one today. so. But it, I'll talk about that next week because I haven't listened to it yet. And it's not even like they're expensive. They're just, they're just rare. Yeah. They're hard to come by. Yeah. I still kick myself for not getting Van Halen too. when I saw that like a few weeks ago. It was How like much? $14. Yeah. I, that, that was, you should I don't know why one. the fuck I didn't get it. I was so stupid. <laughs> ah, so dumb. I should have got that. <laughs> Whatever though. Okay. Whatever. <sighs> so yeah. Okay. So um, what, what else do you got? Other than that, I don't know. There's a lot of kind of like repeats and stuff. But so for like my pick of the week, the only place that I can find like used hip hop that aren't just 12 inches or 12 inch uh, singles and shit. The only place around here is, is called Grace Records. And it's a really cool place. They have um, like their bargain bins aren't just like bins, but they're they're like half of their store. Mm-hmm. And there's. <laughs> There's a ton of them there, Sorry. like a lot, <laughs> and and I got I got Grand Funk's live album. I got a bunch of good stuff in there too, so it's it's good quality, and that's also where I, I got my first vinyls was at Grace Records, my Plus Forty Four, the Goldfinger, and the Buck Owens that ended up not being Buck Owens. So this this place is cool. It's the only place I can get oh. used uh, hip hop. So my pick this week is from an artist named Raheem, and his album, the the Vigilante. I forgot what song what's I song? <laughs> you put you put the song "Say No" by Raheem. So oh yeah. Slim. 
should be used for Junior dinner. It's a shame, sure upsetting, but the girl just keeps on hitting. For her to go straight and get a job is not forbidden. Now she sells herself to people to try to feed her baby. But how can you expect for him to respect this lady? The trainer was on her brain, had the girly going wild. So she called the crack man and said, me want to sell me child. When the crack man refused, the baby got abused like a criminal out to border. There you go, Raheem. And the song Say No. That's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Say no, no, no. It reminded me of um of of, of like Sublime, whenever Brad would just kind of drone on on some yes. of his dub stuff. Yes, that's that's like that's great. I was trying to I was thinking like it's these, yeah. this like cool reggae reggae hip hop but like not not like annoying and not uh not embarrassing to listen to. Yeah. Like he's very smooth. Like he could just like that song specifically could easily just have been a reggae artist doing like a rap song. Yeah. And this that was, was uh, solid. This was like this was 1988, and so a little a little backstory in Raheem. He was a founding member of the Ghetto Boys, that were from Houston. Oh. Remember Bushwick Bushwhack Bill, shot himself yeah. in the eye in that infamous <laughs> cover. And, yeah. Well, the Ghetto Boys are a fantastic. Well, the video group too, right? but what's up? The video too, right? What they make oh yeah, 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 yeah. About the the shooting and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Fucking crazy, but, but he left the Ghetto Boys for to to pursue his solo career, and it's kind of funny because, um, I mean, it's funny because the Ghetto Boys became one of like the uh, the most influential gangster rap bands of all time, whereas Raheem is seven dollars at the at the local <laughs> record store. But uh, you know, whatever. But it's also funny because on the record itself, Raheem, I guess, had a style. And his style was was blue jeans with a bright red. Like, what do you call those caps? Like, like the green berets wear. Oh, um, where it's like like f- a beret. <laughs> is it called beret? It's, it's called, called a beret. A yeah. Beret. The like like what like the the stereotypical like French person would wear a beret or like a mime or a golfer, or a golfer. Yeah, that's a beret. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, well, they're called wears- berets. He wears a red beret. <laughs> I guess that was like his style, and it's on the cover of, of the album. And, and there's a disclaimer on the back of the of the of the album that says that says like just a reminder: Raheem is not affiliated with any gang organization or any hate group or anything like that. Even though he wears colors that that would signify otherwise, or something along the lines of that. Oh my so, God. but like I don't know, man. Like like the Ghetto Boys were those were those dudes were pretty hardcore. And coming from that Houston area, it was pretty rough back in like the late eighties. That's all I know about yeah. that area. So it probably stands to reason that he would need some type of disclaimer, especially leaving the ghetto boys and I don't know. It's it's yeah, just, it's very so. bizarre and very weird and and this album was it took me by surprise because there's it's not just this song that sounds like this. Half of the songs are very 
very like reggae influenced, very dub influenced. And he's not he's not constantly hate rapping. It's a lot of of, of like motivational mm-hmm. kind of like I'm the greatest type of stuff, but not in like the Jay-Z type of way. More so just in like yeah. I'm having fun because I'm young type of way. And so it's I don't know, man, it was it was it was worth seven bucks for sure. Yeah, that was cool, man. I think if I if I came across it for like five or seven bucks, I'd pick it up too. I honestly yeah. probably would. That was fun. That was fun. So much fun. But so you only <laughs> knew about this guy from the Ghetto Boys, right? Uh, no, like he, I well, no, I had no idea that he he was on any albums. He, I think the Ghetto Boys' first album was was eighty eight. And he had already left in like 87. He was only there from like 86 to 87. And they released an album in like 88. And that that famous album was their third. And so he was already long gone by then. But um, okay. I only, I like to dig to the to the bins. And I mean, I bought a couple other, like Debrat. I bought fucking her, one of her albums. And so, but, but when I see them, if they're under 10 bucks and it's an actual album and not just like a 12 inch with a bunch of singles, I'll just yeah. pick it up. I don't even care. But if it's $10 or more, I will do a little bit of research. And and by that, I just Googled the, the artist and the album. And then <laughs> if it's something that's even like remotely interesting, I'll pick it up for 10 bucks. The more money Dang. it gets, the more the more I question my judgment. <laughs> but for seven I mean, bucks, that's smart. Like, it's on. smart. You know what but- I mean? Yeah. But still, seven bucks for something you know nothing about is still ballsy, dude. You take gambles, man. You take gambles. I paid thirteen no, for true. that for that Nucleus album, that that eighties uh, almost instrumental hip hop, and this is from the same store. This is from from Grace Records, and that was like thirteen bucks, and that turned out fucking great. So you know, oh shit, that's great. That's yeah. great. Good times. That was a good pick. That was a great pick. Yeah. All right. So is it, is that all you got for the vi- for vinyl stuff? That's all I got for vinyls. Okay, for vinyls, yes. Okay, so I, I didn't pick up as many as you. Uh, so what I I'll just start this off with the Beatles. I got another copy of their Rubber Soul record. <laughs> so what we talked what like how we talked about last week was that I got the mono version. The, mon- the mono U.S. version of Rubber Soul. Come to find out, I forgot that the songs, the, the track listing is different and several of the songs are not even on the record. And I was really upset about it. Very, very. I was actually very upset about it. Dude, I, so didn't I even, really wanted. Th- what? I didn't even know that there were different names. So I've seen somebody on OfferUp posting, trying to sell Meet the Beatles album. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck album is this? I have no idea what this is. And so I thought it was like a compilation. And they were selling it for mm-hmm. like $5. And they claimed it was like a, like an old original one. And I was like, I don't want a fucking compilation, even if it's 5 bucks. But that's sort of like their first album in the U.S. Yeah, and it was renamed. Yeah. yeah oh, I know. Yeah, Stupid. And then like, it's one of those things where like their third U.K. record was their first one in the U.S. Or it's... It, it's so confusing and it's really annoying. What the I hate fuck? It. That's so It's dumb. so fucking stupid. The Beatles discography is so fucking stupid when it comes to the UK and the US releases. I hate it so much. But I've only ever listened to the UK track listing. I feel it's the only proper track, track listing because it is. It's the original. So 
I, I went on a search to go look for the mono version of the UK version and it was like super fucking expensive. It was like, it was something like $60 for like an original copy, like 60 to like hundreds of dollars for like an original one. I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck that. No way. So then I went and looked for like a reissue of the mono. The cheapest one was like $85 from like a 2013 reissue. So I said, nope, I'm out. So then <laughs> I just bought a reissue of the stereo, the UK version of the UK stereo version of this record for like $20. And I bought it and I listened to it four times already. Four times? Fuck. God damn, it's a fucking banger. Fuck yeah, dude. It's so good. Four times. It's so good. Dude, I, I mean, it, I, I'm just blown away by this record every time I hear it. They were, they were so good. They were so good in this record. It, it's unfucking believable. Man, I unbelievable how good Rubber Soul is. I don't, I don't understand. Like it, it blows Sgt. Pepper's and Revolver out of the water, and like the White Album is whatever. Abbey Road is whatever. Let It Be is whatever, and then the red, like the earlier stuff is just meh, whatever. Especially meh, but dude, Rubber Soul is just. It's a truly fantastic record. It's remarkable, absolutely remarkable. How great this record is! If I ever see it, I'll, 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 I mean, even if I see the U.S. version, I'll, I'll still pick it up. No, don't even bother with the U.S. version at all, because it's missing like four songs. But it has other songs on it. Are, are they not good? Okay, so so there's there's four in the U.S. version. There's four songs that are omitted. And then they replace the four songs with two songs, so in the end you're 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 missing out out on two songs completely, and then one of the songs they re- they replace it with a uh, I've just seen a face, which is a great song, but it was off of help, which help was I, from what I remember help was never originally released in the u s so that's why they put I've just seen a face on the u s version of rubber soul. It's really fucking stupid, and I hate it. And then I forgot the other song that they put on side B of the U.S. Rubber Soul, but it's fucking dumb. I wonder, like, so dumb. I mean, I don't know if you've done any research on it, but I wonder why that is. I wonder why they've they've done that, or whose decision that was. I don't know. It, it doesn't make any be sense because they've maybe some songs were just more popular here than they were there, and vice versa. I really don't know, but I think it's so stupid, so dumb. Sad. And just how how much better the UK version is compared to the US. And I'm not even saying that just because I, I've heard it more, but it, it's because the two songs that they replaced it with were songs that were already released. And that just doesn't make any fucking sense. It's stupid. I mean, I that's, just, that, that's just like stealing, essentially, right? Yes, that, <laughs> it is. It's so stupid. So dumb. God, it makes me so mad. <laughs> <sighs> God, okay. I I I don't want. I'm done talking about this for right now, for right now. So the next one I got here. This is my this is my big purchase. This is the one record I spent the most money on, which in the end wasn't that much, but it's still the most I've spent on one record, and it's uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez, and it's his solo record, The Apocalypse Inside of an Orange, and this is my favorite solo record of his, and I mean it's. <laughs> I fucking love it. it's a double LP I got it off eBay uh, it's a double LP both are clear vinyl it was still shrink wrapped never opened 
when I bought it, they said they said I don't even know the color of the vinyl. Like it was serious. It's it was in mint condition. It completely unopened. And then you know I don't give a fuck, so I just opened it and listened to it. Listened to it twice. Well, Fantastic. That's, that's why we buy vinyl now is to listen to them, right? Exactly. That's the entire point. But this fucking knucklehead had it for like the last fifteen years almost. Never fucking listened to it. Dick. But no. It's it's fantastic. It has so many bangers on it, and every person playing on this record just does an outstanding fucking job. All four members, outstanding job. Who 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 was on that one? Give me uh, a, Omar, obviously names. guitar, and like a few other instruments, and then Juan, the bass player mm-hmm. from Mars Volta, played on most of the record except for one song. I think Omar played the bass on, and then Marcel. Uh, uh, Omar's brother, who also played in the Mars Volta, played the drums, and then uh, the like the the sax and the clarinet and flute and stuff was all from Adrian, uh, Adrian Terrazas Gonzalez, who played in the Mars Volta, like on Francis the Mute, Amputecture, and Bedlam and Goliath. So I mean, it was it was all like in house people that he yeah. like, he's already worked with. So that's that's cool. Yeah. Exactly, and it, it it was part of his Amsterdam series, so it's one of the records that he he wrote and recorded while he was living in Amsterdam, and uh, and I, I think it's it's so good. I think his Amsterdam series <laughs> of of music was just like his creative high point Ooh. in his entire career. Because I mean, you got you got this record, you got his self titled record, you have the Damo Suzuki record, you have Amputecture from the Mars Volta was written during that time. I mean, it's just, you got so many bangers right there. It was his, truly his creative high point. It was his the Amsterdam series. So okay, I will, um, I mean, at some stuff. point, at, at some point, you will be here or I will be there. And we will, you know, here are, here are my faves. Here are my, here are my top fives that we, you must hear. So exactly. if, if that is in your top five, is that in your top five so far? Yeah, this is my number one. This is my favorite record right now. Damn, that's the that favorite that you own right now. This is my favorite record I own, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Actually, my uh, roommate of the pod, Balin, he um, he asked me last week what my most prized record was, and I said, the record I haven't even received yet, and it's the Omar record. Damn. Because it was still on its way, because USPS is great. Uh, so yeah, that, that's what I got there. It's fantastic. Uh and then I discovered a new record store down in the fine, lovely city of San Clemente. Beautiful city. <laughs> love San Clemente. How can you not love it? It has pizza port. It has yeah, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, there. it's a beautiful city if you make fucking $250,000 a year. <laughs> but it's also a great city to visit. San Clemente is a truly yeah, like, beautiful because city. Because you have no money to live there. That's why it's a great <laughs> city to visit. Those fuckers in San Clemente. Of course. But I was, <laughs> I was doing a job down there uh, this last week. And I, I, I got off pretty early, so I, I looked it up like any records. I just looked up record stores in Sacramento, and one popped up like 0.4 miles away. So I'm like, okay, I'm down. So I went there. It's called Moldy, Moldy Toes Records. <laughs> They've been around for like six years, and they just moved into this new location like three years ago. Uh, the owner is super, super cool, super cool guy. He has an enormous selection of vinyl, a very big section of uh, CDs and cassettes as well. If you're into that and um just other like miscellaneous things like record players speakers t-shirts all kinds of shit so i, I spent like maybe like over an hour in the in the storage looking through all the vinyl they had he had such a an amazing selection of records 
just new and old. I was just so impressed. I would like want to. I I could have easily spent like a thousand dollars in that store. <laughs> like there's like he literally had everything I could have wanted. He had like multiple corn records. He had like all of the good Metallica records from the eighties. He had a couple Primus records. He just had Damn. so much good shit. Was it like so used or fucking, new or both? Both. It was both. He had so much good shit. And uh, so, yeah, no, I highly recommend Multitoes Records in uh, San Clemente. So next time you're out here, Jeff, we're definitely going to go there. Yeah. Because that place is super fucking rad. And the guy's super cool. And we can go to the Pizza Port, you know? So. Because it's right down there. It's, really, it's like less than a block from Pizza Port. Pizza Port has anyway, mediocre pizza, but fantastic beer. They have fantastic pizza and fantastic beer. So I went there and I got uh, I got four records. The first one I got, which I felt I was pretty embarrassed, like bringing it up to the counter, but it's No Effects and their record <laughs> Heavy Petting Zoo. This is my favorite No Effects record. It's the God, first No Effects record I ever it heard. Bothers me. It did. It's so good. I love this record. But if you're unfamiliar with the the album covers, the CD cover has a guy. He's holding like a sheep and he's like masturbating it or like jacking it off. I don't know what he's doing. And then the vinyl cover artwork is him with that sheep, 69ing the sheep. So I had to walk up to the counter and buy this record from this guy with this guy having sex with a, a sheep. Who, who? So that was great. But like if the guys, like the dudes at Burger Records, I feel wouldn't bat an eye to this. But some of the yeah. places I go to, they definitely be like, what the fuck is this? I didn't know I had this. <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, that, nobody said anything. Nobody gave me a weird look. Nothing, but I, w- I felt a little off getting this one. But whatever, what are you gonna do? It's a fantastic record. I've listened to it. It sounds great. I love this record. Heavy Petting Zoo, their most underrated record. That's for sure. Definitely the most underrated, but their best. Mm, well, it's not their best by it is their best any means, but that's okay. It is their best anyway. So. I got that one. I love that record. Uh, I also got Animals as Leaders. I got their record, The Madness of Many. If you're unfamiliar with them, they are a um, an instrumental prog metal band, but they're very kind of like revolutionary the way that they uh, they play their guitars. It's two guitar players and a drummer, and Tosin Abasi is like the main guy. He he writes a lot of the, or a lot if not most of the music. Uh, he's well known for being playing on an eight string guitar, sometimes a nine string guitar, but both guitar players play on an eight string for the most part. And uh, they've kind of like revolutionized not only like playing styles, but also guitar construction. So Tosin Abasi has his own company called Abasi Concepts and it's his own line of guitars. And it's like these like really interesting uh, like ways of guitar setup, like with like fan frets, which I had never heard of prior to this. And just like different stylings that are more like ergonomic for like a guitar player. So he's very, very revolutionary. And his guitars sell in six strings, seven strings, and eight strings. But they're a little bit pricey, but apparently everybody who plays them just say they're just unbelievable. Just <laughs> in tone and, and and just everything is just they're like they're they're like objectively considered like one of the the great guitars, which is pretty impressive. But anyway, Animals as Leaders, if you've never heard of them, they're fantastic. They're a beautiful band. Absolutely beautiful band. And I uh, got their their newest record, "The Madness of Many," and it sounds great. It's a double LP, so it's uh it's it's a thicken. It's a thick record. It doesn't, yeah, it, it barely fits on my my 
my plastic my plastic jacket. Wait, but so it's a it's a double LP, probably one eighty gram. Yeah, it's one eighty gram double LP. Oh, okay. So yeah, so, so I just I just out of like an off note, uh, I started buying bigger sleeves. Um, usually they're like twelve inches in in like maybe point two five or something like that. So I started buying. 12 inches and 0.75 all around because mm-hmm. the way I file my records is if you're, if you're looking at a standard record face on to where the, the vinyl itself comes out to the right. Yeah. I, I, I put the sleeve on as if you're going from right to left. So the opening of the sleeve is going to where the vinyl opening is and going that way. I don't like filing it to where I just slip it in from the top. It goes yeah, in I don't do that from the right. But if you do it from the right, then there's a little bit of a, like some of the bigger ones, it's flush with the plastic. And so when I put it into my my home main bootleg record holder, it sometimes like the spine will scrape on the wood. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want I don't want my, my records to get all fucked up. But I, so, so I, I started buying bigger sleeves. But then I also took a couple of the plastic ones and then wrap that around the, um, the railings of, of my record holder. So that way if, my, if the spine did hit it, it'd be hitting plastic and not just like straight wood. Even though I sanded the wood down to where it is really smooth. Yeah. But no, that's a good call with the plastic on yeah. the plastic lining. That's a really good call. Protection, protection, protection. <laughs> <laughs> just something to think maybe, about. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that too. I'll line like the bottom of my crates and like, the sides a little bit. No well, way. if you're using no, crates, they're already plastic. They're already slick. Yeah, I, but still, like there's like pointy, pointy edges or like sharper edges that they can snag on. You know, I don't know. But I order, I order big fudge. I order. It's called the the company's called Big Fudge, and and they mm. make just like a bunch of vinyl stuffs, and that's where I order all my sleeves from now. Is Big Fudge. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that they they sold like bigger ones because I've only come across two records that didn't fit in uh, in my the plastic sleeves that I have. That's annoying. Yeah, no, I know it's really annoying. But yeah, there you go. Cool. But animals is leaders. Yeah, animals check them out. Leaders. I know. I know. Jeff's listened to them because I've forced him to listen to them. But he he's never really into them. But I also saw them play live once, and it was fantastic. They opened up for Thrice, which was a very, very weird uh, opener for that band, but no no regrets. Absolutely you know, I, amazing band. I should maybe even like listen to them more now because I am in this weird proggy stage. You should. So I will probably enjoy it more now, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, you know. You should. See what happens. If you do, let me know so I can give you some pointers. But um, some pointers on how to listen, on how to listen to them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, so I got the animals leaders. Uh, then what else did I get? I got I got two more. I got another Deftones record from Moldy Toes. Uh, the Deftones record is Saturday Night Wrist, a uh, another underrated Deftones record that a lot of people criticize, but I still think is fantastic. Apparently, this this era of the band they hated each other to death, and they almost broke up during the making of this record. And then unfortunately Chi, the bass player, you know, went into a coma like two years later, 
But uh, but yeah, this is the last one to feature She, and it's a great record. And Saturday Night Wrist, highly underrated, great record. It sounds great, and um, there you go. Yeah, I think it's great. I know you don't give a shit about this record, but not not like in the slightest. Yeah. Uh, Search from System of a Down is on one of the songs, and uh, did even Surge couldn't save these songs. He he only does like backup <laughs> vocals during the choruses. That's it. Like he has no lead vocals. It's a little disappointing, but it's still good. Why even bring him on then? Like, why not utilize his, his full potential? It's true. It's true. But then, how yeah. would Surge fit in with Deftones? You know, they're not like know. a fast band, or they, they're not. Their first two records were, but anything after Surge. That Surge did that really slow. Uh, remember that that dude? I, I'm like that that YouTube video song that he did. Oh, was, about like the Armenian genocide. Yeah, yeah. Remember, it was really slow and and, and weird, but Serge he killed it. Like it was, it was still really good. Or no, when he uh, when he did the Audio Slave song, "Like a Stone," with the guys from Audio Slave after Chris Cornell had died. Do you remember that that live I performance? That one. Uh, no, it was really good. It was surprisingly, like it was shockingly good. It was weird. I didn't think he could pull off Chris Cornell's vocals because he was such an amazing vocalist, even though I don't like his music. But Serge, like, fucking killed it on that performance. You should look it up. It was really good. But anyway, yeah, I got Deftones, Saturday Night Wrist. And the last thing I got here uh, is my my song of the week. And this is my second record that I bought from this band, and that's the Smashing Pumpkins. I got their album Gish, their first album, so now I have their first album and I have their newest album. I don't have anything in between. <laughs> that might be blasphemy for some Smashing Pumpkins fans, but I don't give a fuck because I got their two best records, in my opinion, which is even more blasphemous. But whatever, I got Gish, and uh, the song, my song of the week is their song Siva, the second song from this record. If you don't know, like I said, this is their debut record. It came out in 1991. It was co-produced by Billy Corgan, and Butch Vig, who did Nevermind and a shit ton of other records, and also is the drummer for Garbage. So, uh, yeah, I got this one. Billy Corgan wrote everything. It's, it's Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan's the best. Not the best, but he's really good. <laughs> he's the best. <laughs> well, not the best. <laughs> yeah, I got ahead of myself. I'm sorry. So here's, uh, here's the song uh, Siva from Smashing Pumpkins.
There you go. Siva from The Smashing Pumpkins. Now, I'm curious, Jeff. What did you, what did you think about this one? <sighs> you're not a pumpkins man. You're not a Corgan man. So, so my biggest uh, my biggest thing with the Smashing Pumpkins is, has always been Billy Corgan. Like his, his vocals, I think, are just... They're just dumb. <laughs> they're dumb. And I don't just, like them. But you love high vocals. Like That's always been the thing that I don't understand. That is that is true. I like high vocals. I like annoying vocals, too, a lot of the time. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, there's just something about his vocals that I just don't like. So after listening to this song, I um I thought this was this was this was good to great. And Oof. I was very surprised. And you tried to hide it, like in our show notes. <laughs> he he put Tyler Tyler put SP as the band and not Smashing Pumpkins to try to hide <laughs> it from me. And so I, I was hoping <laughs> that, that you'd start playing it and not look at what you were listening to and you would just like be really into it. <laughs> that was my whole plan. Yeah, so no, I no, I caught you. I caught you. I'm like I'm like Sherlock Holmes, man. You can't get nothing by me. So debatable. But as I was looking, as I was listening to it, I I realized like this is not that bad. This is not this is not terrible. This is very this is you know this is what I think that like the early '90s sounds like. But it's not bad. Yeah. And the more I listened to it, and the longer it went on, I I kind of like I thought this was good. This is kind of cool. And so after it was over, I had said that I liked the song and I was going to listen to the album, and I did. Oh, I thought you going to say you didn't. No, I did. I did. And uh, it was pretty fucking cool. Like, it was really good. N- really? You thought so, huh? Like, what I really liked about this, there's two, two things, two things. One was it's not dumb 90s rock, right? It's it's very rock and roll inspired. It's very like heavy metal, seventies rock inspired. There's a lot of things in there that remind me of things that I now listen to on vinyls that mm. I can hear, I can pick up on. And the second thing is he doesn't use his vocals as as a vocalist would. He almost uses his vocals as as just like an instrument. Because how mm. the you know the fuck he says? I don't even know what the fuck he says. I don't either. No. And so I think I think in doing that. He allows his vocals to, to not be. He's not a lyricist anymore. He he's just a band member who happens to sing, but yeah. his vocals are 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 part of the instrumental aspect of it. Because the album itself was very instrumental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was it was uh, it was it was surprisingly good. I'm 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 surprised. Trust, surprise, and trust, and, tr- and trust me when I say that when I was listening to this, I was I'd a fucking pen and paper looking for faults. I was looking <laughs> for reasons to hate this shit, especially knowing that I tried to trick you. Probably yes. made you oh, even more mad. Absolutely, I was like, oh, this fucking guy, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, with the Smashing Pumpkins, I've always been a guy who's been very anti the anti pumpkins, very anti Billy Corgan because I just didn't get it. But one day, I don't know, I, I can't even tell you the day, but one, what, at what, one point, everything just clicked. Like, everything fell into place, and I just, I couldn't stop. I, I had to listen to everything. And I just, I, I've liked almost everything I've heard. Not everything, but almost everything I've heard. It's solid stuff, man. <laughs> Pumpkins are good, man. Pumpkins are good. This was, uh, it, it's weird because I want to say that I like this because it was so different 
than everything else that I've heard them do, but it's not. This is not different than their biggest hits. This is this is very similar, but there's just a little bit there's just a little bit of a difference between this and their big hits that that little bit of a difference has made me think that this band is not total shit. I, 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 I'm with you on that because I've always associated them with like Tonight Tonight and shit like that and 1979, which I think 1979 is a perfect song. But Tonight Tonight, I'd, I've always thought was just kind of like what I just didn't really care for it. But, you know, when you listen to the rest of Melancholy and then Infinite Sadness and the rest of Siamese Dream, you're, you, it's just like there's so much more to these records than those singles. Like the singles are good or okay, but the rest of the record just just makes up for any wrongdoing that those singles did. Like they were just so good. And Jimmy Chamberlain, the drummer, is fuck man, that guy is so underrated. He has such a swing to his playing. I love his playing so much. He was on He's, he was on this album, right? G- uh, Gish. Yeah, the only albums he hasn't played on were. Uh, I think he didn't play on a door, which was like their fourth or fifth record, and he didn't play on monuments and elegies because Tommy Lee played on that one from Motley Crue. Yeah, and then oh, and then there was another one too. He didn't play on. Uh, fuck, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now because I'm drawing them like because I'm so excited. <laughs> but um, but no, yeah, he, he he. There's three records he didn't play on, out of like nine of them. Three Ugh. of them he didn't play on. Yeah, but Gish he played on. Like all their big ones and their popular ones he played on. So Where, did you did you find this in the wild or was this an online thing? No, I found it I found it at Moldy Toes. Damn. Yeah, I had been looking at it cuz it, it's it's been like it's like $24 or $22 online and uh, and I came across it at Moldy Toes. They only this is the only Pumpkins record they had. Uh, they that's the only one that they had there and it was I think it was like $20. So I just it up and man, haven't haven't regretted my purchase but it does not fit in my plastic sleeves it's one of my two records that does not fit in a plastic sleeve which is annoying but is this is this a double 180 gram no it's why does one. it not fit because it has a lot of artwork and like the it, like there's a fold out and everything like that because the one thing that smashing pumpkins have always done or is billy corgan especially like with the solo records and the pumpkins is that he, he's very much about like the presentation of like the records and the artwork and, and how everything's presented. He's very, very particular and he gets very upset if there's like, if he finds that there's bootlegs or <laughs> anything like that, like it gets to the point where, yeah, he's it, a whiner. It's really bad. He's a fucking whiner. A little bit. Yeah. It kind of sucks, but you know, he, his music is really good. So, and he, he has like a hundred percent creative control which I love about it too, is that like everything about the pumpkins is him, which is amazing. I don't know. Billy Corgan's really underrated. He really is as a guitar player, as a songwriter. Dude, the guy fucking is great. I'm so not, uh, I'm definitely not at that point yet, but um, this was, this was better than I expected, but I'm not ready to sing those praises yet. <laughs> I will say too, he put out a solo record last year called uh, Ogallala. I think that's how you pronounce it. And it's pretty much all acoustic. Just him and an acoustic guitar. And there's some really good stuff on there. There's some like country folky stuff with some like percussion and stuff and some backup vocalists. But for the most part, it's just an acoustic record and it's really good. Very, very good. 
he dabbles in a lot of different styles, which I've always really appreciated too, like electronics, country, folk, metal, all that stuff. Amazing songwriter. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. Oh. You'll get there one day. I mean, I I got you. I got you. I got I'm, you on on the on the verge of being a lover of Billy Corgan. My my foot's in the door. Yeah, my foot's, foot's in the, the door. door. There you go. There you go. I, I feel like 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 true like hardcore Smashing Pumpkin fans are are similar to like Tool fans. To oh, where, Smashing Pumpkin fans are the worst. They're like almost as bad as Tool fans, dude. Like to where like they're just really snobby and then douchey and 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 they add complexity to music where there is no complexity, like Tool fans do. No, what I was gonna say the the Pumpkins fans are really bad because there's there's. A lot of them are on, they only want Billy Corgan to write an album like Melancholy. Like they don't want they don't like anything outside of that yeah. one record, and that's all they want him to do is write that album again. Which he says, you know, fuck you guys, I'm gonna write whatever the fuck I want. That's what he <laughs> does, and then he gets a lot of shit. In the, like he gets a really bad rap in the press because he pretty much tells his fans that they're idiots because he's a dick, dude. Record. But he's, he's not been like, a he's dick since like honest. day one. But see, he's not though, and 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 it sucks too because like the media, they they treat him and they treat him really bad because if you look at if you look at like the stats and everything too, like the Smashing Pumpkins are one of the most successful rock bands, like in U.S. history, but nobody really talks about it. It's really really weird, and it's it's like a lot of a lot of their achievements have been like overlooked because of how Billy Corgan has said, you know, I'll just write whatever the fuck I want. I'm not gonna write Melancholy Part Two. I'm not gonna do this because you want me to do it. I'm just going to fucking write whatever I want. And if you guys like it, that's great. If not, then, you know, sucks. That sucks for you. Like, he just doesn't give a fuck, which I, I absolutely respect, especially when he consistently writes good music, for the most part. He consistently writes good music. So, fuck the haters. Meow. Fuck Meow. Pumpkin fans. And then, and then just to, like, make everyone mad, like, anytime, like, he does a lot of Q&As on Instagram, and anytime like somebody brings up melancholy or or something like that uh, that pisses him off, he just blocks him, and then he like boasts about perfect how he, how he like block people. <laughs> dumb, so dumb. Uh, but he's great. He's mm. great. All right. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. pumpkins. Great band. Yeah, better than I thought it was going to be. I guess is what this this boils down to here. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right, is that it for our songs of the week and the vinyl talk? That is, that, that was that was it. Damn. All right, do you want to play any of these songs? Nope. I do want to go on the bathroom break though, unless we're gonna speed through this pretty quick. Uh, I don't want to play any of these. So okay, yeah, we can speed this pretty quick then. Okay, so what we have here, we got some new album releases. We got Black Audio, the side project of AFI that features Davey Havoc and Jade Pudgett. I think that's how you pronounce his name. They put out a new record called Beneath the Black Palms. Pretty solid record. I thought I liked it. I've always liked Black Audio for the most part. So there you go. You probably didn't listen, right? No, I didn't like the other Black Audio thing that I heard. <laughs> okay, so they put out a new one. Jeff hates it already. Uh, <laughs> Bright Eyes, <laughs> Bright Eyes put out a new record called Down in the Woods, Where the World Once Was. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. Friend of the pod, Mike, he actually bought it on vinyl. He doesn't even have a record player yet. I know. He uses your record player. He used my record player to listen to it today when he got it in the mail, which I'm totally okay with. 
So. You will so that like that means you will probably at some point in the next couple of weeks you will also listen to this record. I'm gonna listen to it this weekend, yeah. Because so. I'm gonna set it up on on Saturday, probably like Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. Set it up in the living room, and we'll just kind of hang out, listen to records, pretty much all day. Because it's kind of what we've been doing is doing that, and then drinking tiki drinks. So That's it's been our it's been our thing. Either, but. Yeah, whatever. So Bright Eyes they put out their new one. Uh, John Theodore, my boy John Theodore, the greatest drummer to ever live. Uh, played on this record, so there you go. Uh, the Aquabats, they put out a new record called Kooky Spooky in Stereo, and <laughs> um, I, I can imagine what it sounds like, and I feel like it's going to be hit or miss. I think you might agree with me on that. We talked about a lot of these songs anyway when they were released, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got that that record that came out, some new songs. Fear No Empire. This is a new, I guess you can call a super group, like local hardcore super group. Uh, features two of the guys from Death by Stereo, the guitarist and drummer, and then the singer from Zebrahead, and I forgot who the bass player was. But yeah, the, the new band is called Fear No Empire. They put out a new song called Revolt. I thought it was actually really good. It's like a more hardcore version of Zebrahead. I thought it was solid. So I'm excited for that new record. I'll probably pick it up on vinyl because it's probably going to be... Oh, that program... That program, yeah, it's probably going to be pretty pretty cheap, and you know, so I'll I'll pick that up yeah. when it comes out. Uh, Deftones, my boys in the Deftones, in the Deftones, they put out a the new Deftones. song called I I don't know how you would pronounce this Ohms or Ohms O H M S. I've always said Ohms. I mean, this is like the same electrical current on the back of your amp. I've always said oh, Ohms. Okay. okay, Ohms, yeah. So they put out a new song. I I thought it was really good. Not their best. You definitely really thought it was not good. Not, not definitely not their best. What the fuck? What, definitely what, not their best. I thought it was this good. Was good. I just did. So I, I pre-ordered the the record. So I'm. Oh my That God. comes out. Their new record called Ohms is slay gonna me. be comes out uh, September 25th. So uh, I'm excited for that me. one. Like literally slay me. <laughs> I'm excited for the new record. I love Deftones. Oh, they're so good. But anyway, yeah, so so there's that one. They put out a new song. Go check it out. Uh, Pharrell put out a new one with uh, Jay-Z called Entrepreneur. And honestly, I was wildly disappointed with it. Fuck yeah, this was bad, dude. This was terrible. This was like, awful. You, you got two good people right here. Like, how can you fuck this one up? And they did. It, it, was, it, was, very, it was very, like, 2020. It was very time, I don't know, of this time period. It wasn't... It, it didn't sound like they took anything from from previous generations and and, and wanted to do like a, like a lasting sound. It was very 2020, boring cash grab, <laughs> yawn fest. Yeah, it really was. It just fell so flat. It sucked. So disappointing. Uh, the next thing we have here was was a little bit disappointing for me too. I expected more. I don't know why, but I did. But uh, RZA and Ghostface Killer. They put out a new song called Fighting for Equality. I just felt like the production and just the sound of it just wasn't that good. The quality of it wasn't that good. And it really took away from any sort of flow and just the beats were just okay. I didn't think it was that great. Right? Yeah, that was that was my problem with it too was uh, I thought this was going to be a, a fucking masterpiece. I thought this was going to be so good. But you're right. Dude, like the beat wasn't wasn't up to par with what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, like the rapping was great. The rapping was fantastic. It was just the the beat I had a problem with. Yeah, the beat and the sound of it, the quality. It was just 
Not 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 too good. Not too good. I'll be on the lookout though. I'm excited. <laughs> Look this out is, for this what? Is, this is fine for, the single? for anything more. There might be more. You, you uh, don't okay. know. Well, yeah, it's true. You never know. You never know. You never know. Uh, so we have next Coheed and Cambria, the guy with Rick Springfield, and did uh, Jesse Gr- Jesse's Girl 2. I, I thought it was pretty cool, actually. I'm not going to play it, but I thought it was pretty cool. It was like this weird sequel to the original song, but it still <laughs> held like some of like the melody and elements to it. It was so, it was so weird. So this, weird, but I liked it. This was the best cover that nobody has ever needed. <laughs> but w- it wasn't even really a cover. Like the lyrics were different. Like they, they it had like the only... same feel to it, and it's called Part Two. Like it's just, I just don't understand like why this even happened. Like it wasn't bad. I know, but like, like who the fuck asked for this? <laughs> it doesn't like, make wh- any sense. <laughs> what? It doesn't make any sense. But it was still pretty cool. I, I don't know. It was it was interesting and cool, for sure. Uh, and then the last thing we have here is uh, Static X. They put out a song called WFO. I don't know what this is. It must be like a B-side, B-side from their their comeback comeback record with a Wayne Static's like unused vocals. I thought it was okay. It was, I don't know. It was just okay. I thought right? it was really cool. I thought it was boss. Did you really? Yeah, this is really cool. I just didn't get it, I guess. I don't know. I thought it was good. I liked it. All right. I'm I'm surprised. Color me surprised. Fucking color anything. Fucking color everything. All right. Well, you know what? With there, there's really like no boom, other boom, boom, music boom, news. Boom, so boom, boom, boom. I I got nothing else. Unless you got anything else? No. 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 I was taking a no, sip. Not. I was taking a sip. My B2L. Oh god, that's disgusting. Well, yeah. I, I mean, no music. No no more new music. No music news. And uh, whew, that's not the song I want, but okay, here we go. Yeah, so that's it. That's all. That was the song you and, want. And uh, this is Asinine Radio. Go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on their follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And uh, stay tuned for the main episode because we're getting into the Buck Owens album, I've Got a Tiger by the Tail. I got a. That's it. Shit. That's all. <laughs> <laughs>